This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. You know Killy? Yeah, no Killy. How do you know Killy? Let's hear about this. Killy's you have SoundCloud man- interests. Killy's manager is paying attention to, you know, attention. Uh-huh. I'm paying attention to attention. You're paying this crew, you guys, this is why I'm here, paying attention to attention. And so whether it's BMX or entrepreneurship or emerging hip hop, mm. right? It's all still trading on the same shit. Right. The crossover is the same shit. The reason people fuck with each other, like, you know how many people fuck with both of us that are gonna watch this and be like, what the fuck? And they love it. When I do an interview <laughs> with someone that they don't expect, like some video game guy, and all the rap kids who also like video games are like, that's the coolest shit ever. And, and you know what? For, for me, being old, that was Run DMC and Aerosmith, and mm. that collab. Oh, God, yeah. A thousand years later is the whole thing. The whole That's thing at ComplexCon yeah. this weekend. You know, Killy, Trippy Red, fucking Young Pinch. Like, it's all the same shit. I did all their first interviews, pretty much, I think. Just so you know you're in good hands. Listen, I, you know, we caught it, so we'll send you the clip. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing stuff for kicks and giggles. Right. There's a couple people that understand the trading of the currency of actual culture's attention. Mm-hmm. And that's why people end up fucking with each other. Right. Right? For sure. And that's been historical. Mm. Like the Rick Rubens and the, and the Russell Simmons and like all the weird shit that we watch in documentary form, now there's real film. Yeah. You know what the document, the documentaries that are coming 15 years from now, mm. they're gonna be fucking gangster because we're all filming 24 fucking seven. They're gonna have all our Snapchats and shit. A hundred percent. That's gonna be nice actually. You excited about that? Well, I've been watching that Ken Burns uh, Vietnam War uh, documentary. How is it? It's pretty great, but it's incredibly long. But it's like the (laughs) the unbelievable thing about it is just that they're able to recreate so much through using all these old shots and stuff, all this bizarre. Like, think about being a cameraman that has to go out to war. They're like getting shot at, and he's out there. Huge camera. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a freaking tiny one like it is now. Yeah, the press press gets so underrated on that shit. Mm. You know? Especially back then. A hundred percent. You know what's interesting when you're talking about monitoring attention you know there's like a conversation i've been having there's this kid li- named uh, lil zan and he's just been exploding he's just somebody i've known for a little bit all of a sudden his, one of his songs takes off now he's got almost seven hundred thousand instagram followers in the course of like two months and all i was doing was saying he got six hundred thousand followers in the past two months and there's a strange stigma about that what is that 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 people don't like to they don't like when someone else is monitoring somebody else's growth through social media that's like this old hangover thing that's been left with us what do you mean when you said that people were like coming out and be like what the yeah, fuck i'm acting like it's corny that i was monitoring that i'm like that's a measure of how much attention he's able to command my man, my man. everything's corny until it's not mm. People are just judging. Like, uh, listen, uh, whatever that is about, it's real simple. Like, to me, that's the only thing that's interesting. That's what everybody's doing subtly. Mm. It's the same reason people get mad when their favorite act blows up and goes mainstream. Hate that. We deal with that a lot in the underground here as well. A hundred percent. That's just the reality of the way humans act. I respect that. Everybody do you, but what is that? That's human behavior. That's and all this is. That's shameful. I was watching this video of you earlier, and you're talking to some girl, and you're giving her advice, and your advice was completely correct. It was basically like, you have no right to expect to be successful at this point <laughs> in your life. You haven't done anything. Think is about the, is it the Kendall, the yeah, Kendall Jenner girl, that, that fucking girl? She brought that up. She was like, you know, I look at these Kardashians. I respect her. I respect her right. But she was, yeah. Go ahead. Well, it was just kind of strange. She was like, I want to be a Kardashian. I'm thinking like that's that's the hardest thing you could do because you got to be born into it. Like you you don't get to be born into being a wealthy heir. Well, the one that did it is the mom. She's the fucking gangster. She's a gangster. She's, one, yeah. You know, she like completely created the framework of arbitraging her fucking children. Yeah. 
she's a Chris Jenner. She's a gangster. Yeah, Quavo said, "My bitch walk around like she Chris Jenner," and that was generally considered one of the best rap lyrics of the year because there's such an energy about her that you could imagine. Like, if you told me that your wife was like Chris Jenner, I would be like, "Whoa, she must be quite a piece of work." I, listen, like, you know what's crazy about Chris Jenner? Like, I get everybody sees her in culture, but in the world I live in, my depth, the entrepreneurial business world, mm -hmm. like, she's got serious respect. Like, mm. people just understand. Like, she, listen, anybody that walks into a room and is trading on their children mm. is playing a different fucking game than you are. Yeah, but do you think that's completely ethical? If we had been watching this whole time, would we, do you think she was planning that out when they were three-year-olds? I don't think it was like that. Okay. But, and now, I think it comes to, I don't know the, the, the truths. I mean, it comes down to how happy the kids are. Yeah, I've never seen that show, so I don't feel like I have a real direct perspective on it. Even if you watch the show, even if you watch their shit, you don't know, like, you don't know what the fuck's going on in somebody's fucking bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. like, people always jump into conclusions. I don't know, but they're fucking, they fucking hacked attention in the last 10 years. Holly, Hollywood was laughing and saying it was corny until they weren't. Mm -hmm. And this is the same fucking shit over and over. And listen, I know you guys pay attention to culture this way. You're seeing things early. People are judging it because it's different. Comes from a different angle. Mm -hmm. You're not because that was the seed that you guys traded on. Right. Right? Well, see, that was the interesting thing about that conversation you were having with her is that you were saying, you know, stop paying attention to other people's lives. But there is a fine line there because... You know, being culturally aware, I have to imagine that to some extent you see the value of being conscious of what's going on in the culture around you. You start talking about, you start talking about Trippy Red, you know that that's a currency that you're trading in is that you have knowledge yes. at this point yes. in, in a sense that you're not expected to. People don't expect you to know about Trippy Red. I hear that. I'm like, this guy is actually paying attention. Yeah, but the key is Mike Boyd, right? The key is the people you surround yourself. That, you know, for me, I'm running a $200 million fucking media company. I'm doing my thing. The key is, you know, like the... You know, as I'm getting to know you, the, the first thing is your two relationship, the two of you. Is me the and most, Chris Long. Shout out Chris Long. I mean, like, <laughs> to me, that's already an insight, and that's what I'm about. And if you look at the people that are getting success, it's that mini crew. Mm -hmm. And then you feed off each other. And so, for me, you know, having Boyd around, and this goes back a long time, matters because it gets me on third base. Then I listen, and then if I connect with it, then that becomes what I trade on, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, the thing that hip hop has is that it's the closest thing to entrepreneurship because the winners are willing to bleed, are willing to hustle. Mm -hmm. are, you know, there's just that energy to it that is always connected for me and so that's why I pay attention to it. The whole thing is about people coming from nothing and trying to make something out of their self and that is like the beautiful part of it that even if I didn't feel so attracted to the music, I feel like that would still keep me endeared to it is knowing that like on a daily basis or a weekly basis with this shit that I get to sit here and have conversations with people who are coming from absolute dog shit and somehow one way or another figured out a way to command some attention from people and to get out there and make something of themselves and that's that's the, the story that is as old as time that I can't stop being drawn to. And that is the part about America that people sleep on. I was born in fucking Soviet Russia, mm -hmm. right? And the thing that, we, with all our shit, and we got nothing but fucking shit, we got plenty of shit, still. Soviet Russia shit is worse than the average shit that you're coming out of in America, let's make that clear. Period. <laughs> yeah. This is all a game of like perspective of like different levels of shit. Yeah, I went to like 2013 Moscow and I can say that it was not. I was in the Moscow for nine fucking hours the other day and I was like, when do I get back to America? Yeah. In, and I was in the airport. Mm. Like, <laughs> the airport's probably one of the more terrible. boring places there, yeah. Terrible. I was stuck in traffic at one point, like three hours getting into the city. That was kind of rough.
That kind of really made me think have, it was not did so you have great. Some fun though, at, I mean, Moscow oh, yeah. at night is memories. I, I did have fun, but in retrospect, I think the girl that I fell for might have been trying to scam me out of a green card. She did. Well, she didn't get a green card out of me. She got some dick, but she didn't. Uh, <laughs> she, Sounds I, like you won that equation. In retrospect, yes. Yeah. Like, but she was shooting for hot, far more in return. Well, that's what you they had told short me. Term, you had short-term goals. That's true. And I'm, she was going for the juggernaut. Maybe I should have been more honest with her about my, my goals. <laughs> No, okay, let me talk about this. Why you're like, you're like I work in the green card I, department in America. You did you did a meet and greet down the street, Shoe Palace. I did. A couple months ago, two months ago, maybe. There was a huge line out there, three, four blocks long, and the vast majority of the people were non-whites. I was like, Gary Vee has a huge urban fan base. Where does this come from in your perspective? I think the great thing about BMX culture, entrepreneurship, you know, esports has this fucking popping, very real. Subcultures can spit out bullshit and mm-hmm. can really understand its own. I, my gut is I grew up in fucking New Jersey with a ton of diversity, a mm-hmm. bunch of Indian kids, a bunch of black kids. I grew, so I grew up with it. Then I was such a shit piece of shit fucking student mm. that, I, that I went to Mount Ida College because they sent me a postcard in the mail. <laughs> and my four years in college, I spent with 93% urban minorities. Mm-hmm. But then I went into the business world and never referred to it, never talked about it, just lived in the liquor store business, built a big wine business. And then when the whole, my, my life changed and I started writing business books and making business content, it's a mix of like, Growing up with like Run DMC and Biggie and like Yo MTV raps and watching like WWE, like when I watch my content, I'm like, oh, that's what Macho Man did. Mm. Like it's this smashed in, long, long, long winded answer for, I just think there's some of it in me. Mm. I think I resonate with it. You're an ethnic white. I think that, I think, look, I think there's a lot of people that didn't live in a studio apartment with eight family members Mm -hmm. that exactly look my part. Mm -hmm. I think that ended up being my advantage. That's beautiful. I thought, I think it's Charlemagne too. I think the Breakfast Club appearances has done a lot for it too. I feel I like think that's exactly right. Because I don't think I ever would have placed you in that context until I saw you like on the Breakfast Club, and that's such a good example of just right. how these little networking opportunities. Somehow, I always knew that with the podcast that if I were to sit down and start having conversations with all these people, it would take me somewhere. Because you felt that you could have the right radar to pick the right people there, and from there it would just build. Well, because that's the key, right? Like if this, if you had the wrong guests. I just figured that if I started having these conversations, I would start knowing more people and having more relationships and being able to know what was going on more. And I didn't necessarily know that I had a real gift for curating who I should speak to. It just that, that's what people started telling me after I, after a while. I, I think I think the Breakfast Club is exactly right. And and you know what's funny about that? Like Charlemagne is absolutely the uh, a connecting point there. But it was Envy trying to call me out of like fuck this motivation shit. Give me something practical. And then the 2017 flip challenge, I start telling people to flip shit, buy shit at garage sales and dollar stores, and now I get 100 fucking emails a week from people like, yo, I make $8 an hour, but I bought these 13 fucking sneakers at the Goodwill Mm -hmm. and paid my rent. I went practical. I knew what the fuck I was talking about. And I think that was also an important moment during that genre. And then fucking Instagram, man. Like, If you don't understand what the fuck is happening on Instagram, you might as well fucking close up shop. So you think you've done a good job on Instagram, even though you have been traditionally sort of dismissive of your own engagement with YouTube? Um, I think that I think that I've been trading on social since 2007, and I think that the la- this last year the content has clicked in an Instagram dynamic mm-hmm. uh, that has really worked for me. As far as YouTube, look, I fucking I fucking was there in 2006 with a wine show, and when I talk about fucking it up, it's because I went to Vidler and did different shit. What up, Andy? And so I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I think that 
you know, all of us have different mediums that we over-index on. Mm -hmm. I think Instagram's been a good year. Yeah. Shout out to Instagram. You're still, you're still uh, a big fan of Facebook, even though uh, I feel like a lot of people in this youth space are sort of like, like Facebook does not get discussed. Yeah, there's not a single fucking person watching this right now that gives a fuck about Facebook. The problem is 98% of the rest of the world does. No, what is that? That's the part where, where all the uncool people go. It's like Ross. Yeah. Dress I, for less. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, My apologies if you're like an investor in that I'm or something. I'm obsessed with Ross. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I own seven Rosses. Actually, my, so. my grandma. Uh, no, uh, uh, yeah, man. 90 fucking 8% of people are, you know, are living there. And so I, I'm unemotional about what people think is cool or is corny. I'm just going to trade on what I trade on and Facebook fucking matters. Yeah. It's true. So at this, okay, a lot of people just want you to talk about this. Is just where were you when you were twenty, when you were eighteen, when you were in this sort of young position? That I, when I think about my audience, I think of the traditional person who watches this. I know that they're like ninety percent male, that they're young, and on average, they're you know they're in that period of their life where they're still trying to put everything into place, trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, and then how to go about doing it. Uh, if someone were to come up to you with sort of that general uh, format and ask you, you know, what should I be thinking about? What should I be doing? What's the first thing that comes to mind that would be the most important advice for them? Patience. Patience. These fuckers want it too fast. Mm. And then they start doing short-term actions and it's game over. If you had your guests on that you knew this would work for you mm -hmm. and after it was done, you went in for an ask, you wouldn't be where you are right now. Right? What do you mean by that? All these really interesting people you've got coming through, people that are merging, people that are different status levels. If when we're done, like this, you're coming and saying, yo, Gary Vee, real quick, can you mm. put me on with Zucks? I wanna invest in Facebook. You've <laughs> given up the fucking leverage, right? Right. All these kids fucking are trying to take. They're not patient. Mm. You wanna build something meaningful, you gotta put down the concrete. Everybody's trying to put fucking, you know, rosy curtains on the fucking room. Yeah, it's about the incentives. Cause they see somebody like you or me, they're like, oh, I wanna be in that position, perhaps you more so than me, but they wanna be in that position. And they're like, oh, well, they got a lot of Instagram followers. So if I get a lot of Instagram followers, then I can kind of be like them. I mean, it's such a perverse way of thinking about it. When I, when I talk to rappers, it's like, you could tell their desire right away. Some people just have a message that they just want to say to the world. I interviewed this kid, uh, Go Yayo, earlier, and he wouldn't shut up. He was just loving being on camera, having something. He has something to say to the world. You know, he just has something. It might not necessarily be the, the most important thing, but he's got something to say. And a lot of these artists, they want the fame and they want, you know, not, not just artists, but they want the end result, but they don't want to actually, they don't have something to say. Listen, I'm selfish as fuck and I want mine. You just talked about the reason I'm putting out so much content right now. It's because I'm trying to get them to give a fuck about me so that they understand that I want to make patience and empathy and gratitude and eating fucking dog shit for 15 years cool, mm. period. Because that's the only way they're going to get it. Right. Like, listen, we've lived life a little bit. Mm. Not as much as some of the OGs, but we've lived a little bit. We're not 19 anymore. Mm. This shit's fucking binary. Either you do the shit that gets you there or you don't. And everybody's focused on the finish line not the treadmill work and the fucking drinking the fucking egg like Rocky fucking Balboa. They don't want to do that shit. Drinking the egg. That has always stood out to me as a great scene. That was big time. And I don't know that it's necessarily really good for you, but I'm just very in favor here, of the idea of it. Here's a huge question. He's training in the snow. The fucking mm. Russia shit. You know, and I was born in Russia. There I'm like, you fucking, go. Uh, you know, I would took it. You know, anyway. And <laughs> that Drago. Been me. Was <laughs> like, fuck, I should have been Drago. Listen, and so. <laughs> Doing steroids in the lab. <laughs> um, on that note, how many, how many times have you done the egg in your life? 
Oh man. I, I feel like when people ask me in interviews, like what, what are your plans right now? My, my, my response is keep my head down, keep grinding. I keep drinking the egg really. In real, but that's figuratively. How many times have you actually drank a fucking egg out of a... F- oh, never. You've never done that? Why the fuck would I do that? I'd, I'd take it and put it in the pan and scramble it up. No, because I thought if I did that, I'd oh, be rocky. Okay. Like me and my sister would be like, let's train. And I'd just like eat the fucking egg and do like three push-ups, and I'd be like, let's play Nintendo. Yes, that, that was, was 1989. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was me <laughs> 1989, if you wondered. My first few goes at working out. Yeah. push-ups, and then play fucking, you know, RBI baseball. Yeah, because when you're young, I remember like at one point I was maybe 19 or 20, and this is when I was starting to get fat. And I you was, were fat? Oh, yeah. Like real fucking fat? Was eh. he fat when you guys met? You were like, this is a fat dude, but I like him. Um, I was about 60 pounds heavier. You look great now. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just got a personal trainer two months ago. Or a month ago, sorry. And how long have you been rocking 5 o'clock shadow? Because yours is fucking good. I don't like this. I shave my head about every three days. Shave, head slash face. So I'm on the tail end right now. I got to do it tomorrow morning. Understood. Thanks for pointing that out. Making me feel insecure. <laughs> dude, I think it's fucking rad. I think it would look worse actually clean shaven. Actually, in the comments, let's have that debate. Like five o'clock shadow, three days in, or clean shaven? I'm just curious about that. You gotta understand my average uh, audience member doesn't really know what getting older and having thinning hair as a a Caucasian adult is like. I get it. So I have to help walk them through that process. Why'd you shave your head? You look like a Nazi. I'm like, like my (laughs) hair just isn't acting the way I want it to act anymore. You have to understand. Get it. I'm about two seconds away. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, it's starting to go back here. I'm like, fuck it. Oh, yeah, I can see what you're saying. I'm trying to come up with like a good idea. I tried to do it with like, if the Jets lost every game this year, I'd shave my head. They fucking just keep... The Jets always do the reverse shit of what I want them to do. So I'll figure out something. When we talk about head tattoos in the hip-hop community, someone like Birdman, he goes and gets a giant red star (laughs) tattooed on the top of his head. That's an option. (laughs) You know what? I could put a Jets logo on the top of my fucking head. I mean, I think I want a lot of points for the face tattoo thing because people sort of expect less of me. You are are really in the face tattoo culture, right? Mm. Like you are like an... A massive advocate? Well, I wouldn't say that. But uh, <laughs> in, the, in the New York Times thing about me, they called me, or they, they called my podcast the uh, the Paris Review of the Face Tat Sect. Were you pumped about that? I liked that a lot, yeah. You, you like clipped that? Shout out like, John Caramonica for saying that because you, he's just a hilarious writer. And you know, anytime the New York Times says anything about you, you ever had a, a hit job done on you? Oh, on the internet for sure. But by anybody of any substance, no. anyone merit? No. Okay. Because you're in an interesting spot with the whole uh, self-help thing. And I know you kind of tried to not do it for a long time. And I feel the exact same way. It's, we're, we're fucked with it because you, you realize like, you don't want to be that because you don't want to be completely full of shit. And everybody Mm. says you fucking suck and you don't like, and and you don't respect it, nor do I, because if you're an executor, Mm. if you do shit, you can't be into like the secret and you fucking, Hey, 19 year old, just fucking wish it to like it. You don't believe in it. Mm The problem is if you're fucking winning, you are optimistic, you are motivated, and then you start getting crossed over into a crazy place where you're worried like, am I being selfish by not putting this out there because you fucking get a thousand fucking DMs like from dudes that are crying and like, you know, you fucking saved me. You're like, fuck, should I keep, you know, I, it, I have a real tough time with it. Yeah. And this, well, the strange thing about it though is that, I, did you at a certain point begin to feel like you could do the self-help thing? Because to me, I don't feel particularly drawn to helping other people with their lives. I feel much more focused on my life. And in some way, I feel like as I get older that like my empathy levels are gonna go up a little bit and that I'm gonna end up wanting to help change the world as opposed to just my own situation. And you You're, know. By the way, watching from afar, that's 100% gonna happen. You already know it. Yeah. 
because all these old fucks end up doing a bunch of shit for charity. And I can't imagine really being that concerned with that right now. I'm like, no, I'm going to make a ton of money right now. And then I'm going to figure out where to put it. And this is our half minus Gucci shoes. My man, this is our half pregnant version of it. Mm. The fact that we have these new mediums and we can actually do it while we're doing our own. The fact that we can do it in parallel Mm -hmm. because of new media is fucking gangster. That's why you're my man. That's why you're doing it. You're you're selfish and selfless. You ever see that episode where the Flintstones meet the Jetsons? All time. Yeah. I know it super well. It was a th- I think it was like a three-part series, by the way. You know, I was about to say that, and then I realized that that makes it sound like you're really old and I'm really futuristic. I'm really fucking old. <laughs> I don't want to be the one doing that. <laughs> but are you... I mean, these kids are like, yo, I want to fucking win, and they're 19. I'm like, fuck, man. Right. Like, I've been working longer than you've been alive. But the most public examples of being a really, really successful 19-year-old are so easy to come by because they're like, oh, Chief Keef, Lil Pump, look at all these super successful young people, but then they forget that there's all these successful 30-year-olds that grinded their asses off that had to go to college, that had to make relationships. We also have to talk about success. There's a lot of 19-year-olds that are going to have success that we're going to forget about. Mm, very if, true. I mean, if we were doing this 20 years, we'd be like, Millie Vanilli, and then what? Mm. Right? Like, like, you know, Humpty, like, like you've got, you got to be real careful. Like success, listen, everybody can deem success their own way. Either you're playing on legacy or you're playing on currency. Mm-hmm. And like short-term cash is cool, but long-term cash is better. Right. So let's talk about this. When you first started, so you, you take over your parents' uh, wine business, yes. the liquor store, and yes. you're, you're, you're like, let's move this thing into the future. Yes. I launched an e-commerce wine site. Everybody made fun of it. When was the moment where, I mean, you can talk about how you built that up and everything, but when was the moment when you realized that wine wasn't your passion and that you were going to have to keep on moving? Because you're like a shark. Like you can't stay on top of one interest for long. I knew the whole time. Mm. Like the only reason I got into wine was because I was so into baseball cards. Like, like ComplexCon this weekend was the best for me. I love how jarred you were by this experience. I, I loved it. I loved it. You know why? Why? Not by anything other than it was the first time I'd smelled a baseball card show in 20 years. A literal smell or just metaphorically? Both. Okay. Because, you know, a bunch of dudes rubbing on each other <laughs> creates that scent. But in, in the fact that I've been out of the game of going to convention centers, buying shit, getting in line, getting limited edition stuff, and then flipping it, that was what life was in 1992, three, four, mm-hmm. right? And so I was jarred by it because of that. That was the fucking best for me. Right, because there are all these people who still have that sort of base consumerist attitude of wanting to make things happen through the, because that, that, you know, to a lot of these people, that's the best option that they have for making a profit that day. 100%. Mm. Like, fucking get in line, get a Supreme backpack, and fucking go flip it. Yeah. I love, my man, I will love that shit to the end of time. Like, going to a garage sale, like this Saturday, and buying something for a dollar. That is $8 on eBay still gets me hard more than a $10 million fucking media deal. Mm. But that's the question. Then why don't you just become a professional garage sale guy? Because you had to step it up at a certain point because you, you got, you know, you became jaded to that thrill of making the $7. Because the thrill on a short term, that intoxicating faction is that like higher high. Mm. But from a consistency standpoint, like, this calling of like, can I fucking achieve, like how good, how great can I be, is pulls at it even more. But on the micro, like on a transactional level, it's more interesting. On a micro level, it's not. Mm. So it's really interesting because it's all about like what, what causes people to wake up in the morning, what causes them to get out of bed. And, you know, okay, here's a comparison point that I heard referenced. I was listening to Henry Rollins on Joe Rogan, and he's talking about how he just woke up one day and he just couldn't play punk songs anymore. He's like, I got to travel. I got to do different things in my life. And he said that was the moment when he realized that he wasn't Mick Jagger. 
Because Mick Jagger will, until the day he's fucking dead, go on stage and perform those same damn songs. And he loves it. He's a rock star by heart. Henry Rollins, Black Flag. He's a different kind of guy. He just wanted to keep on moving, keep on progressing. I think we're a lot more like that. I, I did the that's right. I did the BMX website thing for 10 years. And like that, I had to stop at a certain point. I couldn't keep writing blog posts about BMX stuff anymore because I was just, I was over it. I needed to keep moving. For me, the truth is when me and my dad started having too much friction because I was getting the credit and became the man. And oh. he was, so when like, did that happen? That happened probably seven, eight years into me running the business. Okay. Where it was like Gary, not Sasha. Right. And then that, because my, my dad's an alpha and his pride, he came to this country with nothing, right. $100 in his pocket and built something. But then I took it to such an extreme level that it was friction. And I was like, fuck this, man. I'm not going to fucking not have a relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. My brother was graduating college. I was like, fuck it. Let's start something new. So the truth is, it wasn't that I woke up and I was like, wine's whack or I, I want to do something else. It was that like, m- I just wanted to like, have a real relationship with my dad. And I was starting to like, get really worried. And so did that start like an addictive process in which you just kept having to like move on to bigger and bigger things? I don't know if it's that. I think uh, from my standpoint, you know, the answer I gave to you, I eat my own dog food, like straight up, like I deploy patience. Like I didn't think twice that at 34, I didn't have a whole lot of money. I built my dad's business for him. I was leaving with nothing. Really? Nothing? Nothing. I didn't, I don't own anything from wine library. It's, I love when people leave comments like, Oh fuck this guy. His, you know, his dad gave him $4 million store. I'm like, no, no, no. I built my dad's business for him mm-hmm. to a totally different level. He gave me life and gave me the opportunity to build his store for him. But at 34 years old, I'm worth dick zero. So what do you do from there? I fucking get some guy to pay us $80,000 to be a VaynerMedia client. I get Mike Boyd to fucking work for free and sleep on the floor. We fucking grinded. And seven years later, we have a $150 million business. And uh, I just fucking worked. Yeah, but okay. So what is what is the the cur- the thing that you consider yourself to be judged by? Like, what is the for for me, for instance, what people uh, say behind my back? That's what you care about. Period. Do you think that comes from your own sense of like insecurity, or what of is course. so important about that? I like being liked. Really? Yeah, I love it. Interesting. I fucking love it. My mom always told me that I stood out to her because I blatantly didn't care if the teachers liked me and she thought that I didn't want them to like me and that that was the thing that stood out. Yeah, I think the cool, interesting thing is I think you can keep conflicting fucking feelings in one body. Like, I don't, right. give, a, I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks. I, can't, I, love, I love when you tweeted, like, what should I talk to Gary Vee about and people, like, want to clown on me. I'm like, good, fuck you, dick. Right. Like, what are you doing? Right. I like, mean, at but, a certain but, point... But, real quick, then I'll, re- but I'll reply with, like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Let's have a fucking beer. But you don't really respond, right? Oh, I really respond. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I can't wait for the comments from this episode. See, that's something I deal with is I feel like I'm, I'm past the point of being able to respond to any of these motherfuckers. No, no. I want to respond to them. Really? Of course, because you know why? Why? One in every 15 of them, 14 of them are a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But one in every 15 of them like, fuck, he responded. What does that mean? That fucked with me. What good? And all of a sudden, they might go down a different path. And then you get ridiculous emails seven years later like, yo, seven years ago on YouTube, I said you were a piece of shit. You replied. That fucked with me. It made people like, da-da-da. And then I did this. And now my life is good. That fucking is intoxicating. But that can't really be a good cost-effective use of your time, right? Of course it can. Because when you're playing on long-term legacy, not short-term cash, it's exactly what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. See, but I feel like there has to be, you know, mechanisms in place for, and so that somebody can't just randomly get my attention what's up this is super interesting and I'm, I'm pumped i didn't realize the location uh when's the last time you saw a 40 fucking two-year-old white dude businessman have that kind of fucking line at a shoe fucking store 
Like there's like there's like there, I'm not here by accident. Mm-hmm. You want to be a fucking anomaly? You got to act like one. Mm-hmm. While everybody else is big timing and they got four thousand followers and they think now they're cool and they don't reply to anybody, I'm fucking gonna be at the top of the game replying to people because I'm empathetic. Look, you think I'm corny? I understand that. I respect the fuck out of that. I'm just gonna reply and be like, I appreciate it. I get it. Like I'm curious in those interactions. Like like I, I'm confused that people don't get that it's the different ways that we act that are the breakthroughs. Like, I just have empathy, like, I just like people, and I'm, I don't give a fuck how it plays out, I'm just gonna always do my thing. I'm fucking replying to people every second. I read every single person's reply to your post on Twitter just now about like, what should I talk to Gary Vee about, mm-hmm. right? How, how big is his dick? Does he do Xan? Oh, like, I did like, see that, yeah. yeah like, like do, every one of the Google- Do you wanna answer that? Yeah, real small. <laughs> like, you wanna talk about why? You, you, listen, by the way, Shut everybody- up, really? every, Oh yeah, everybody oh, who's winning, yeah. everybody who's winning is small dicked because they're real insecure, and it fucking makes them wanna rise like a fucking phoenix. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Not you can shake any things once. You like look me up on Pornhub. Really? Yeah. Are you on Pornhub? Yeah. That's good. I'm showing my whole ass, my whole dick, everything. And you killed it? I mean, it was on my girl's Snapchat and somebody saved it and put it up there, but you know. It's and actually this really insane threesome. Has it been a ROI positive? Um, yeah, people talk to me all the time. My, my brother-in-law <laughs> called me and talked about it the other day. He's like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, I don't, you know, I just don't care. Like, I, and like you know, have, have your board buddies like hit you up and be like, yo, bro, I jerked to your Pornhub? Not just my buddies, but all kinds of, that's a lot of what's in my DMs as well, yeah. I love, you know what, that's some <laughs> next level shit. Yeah, you know, it was liberating in a way. I believe that. You know? Yeah. Like, what the fuck do I care? I get it. Yeah. Anyway, nonetheless, <laughs> I read every fucking person's comment. Right. I read them every single time I do anything. Mm. I look at it, I take it in, I understand it, I try to figure it out, and then I just fucking go. Interesting. Uh-huh. Um... Shit, I'm gonna run down the question a little bit more. Uh-huh. I got it kind of wrapped up there. Hey, you ever heard this book, uh, War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? No. You ever heard of it? He's, he's talking about this concept of like by resistance. The way, I can't read for shit. Really? Like, you dyslexic or? I have to be. Really? You know, in the 80s, they didn't fucking check for that shit. They're right. just like, you fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so thankful I'm not on Adderall from when oh I was a God, kid because they the, if they had really known and prescribed it the way they do now, they would have been giving me that shit. I would have had an IV drip of that shit. Dude, I stood on my desk in seventh grade making pretend I was Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> I was going to drop the elbow. Yes. My principal walks in. They would have fucking put me on fucking the electric chair <laughs> exactly. in today's world. Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's this thing he talks about called the resistance. And this is something I've really identified within myself and I've seen it just with all the people. The resistance is when you're sitting on the couch and you know that there's something that you can do. Say you're looking at your email and there's one email and it's just incredibly important. This is the email that's going to actually move your life forward a little bit. And you, you ignore that one. Instead, you focus on Twitter, which is this, this completely meaningless spew of just nothingness. You're looking at all your unimportant emails. You're doing all the shit that doesn't matter. You avoid the things that are actually going to consequently change your life. Consequentially. Uh, does that does that in any way ring a bell to you? And no. is that something that you've had to deal with? No. What does it mean? What is it? What's the punchline? That people <sighs> that people don't that people subconsciously avoid the opportunity. Avoid the things that are going to change their life in the most wanna, impactful they way. They love complaining because they're scared. Yeah, I get it. Listen, they're scared because they're worried about what other people fucking think. Mm-hmm. Back to liberating. They're also scared because they realize that if they do the most important thing that's weighing in their consciousness, then that thing's going to be out of the way, and maybe then they're going to have to actually face down the real things in their life that... That makes a ton of fucking sense as it came out of your mouth. Mm. Yeah. But you, you don't feel like you ever had that. You never had that thing that was keeping you on the couch, because that's what I think a lot of people are, are held back by. They keep thinking, one of these days I'm going to make this song, or I'm going to make yeah, this video, I'm going to do this yeah, thing. Dude, um, listen, I suck at a ton of shit, 
one thing I don't suck at is I'm not in the I'm gonna business. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody gives a fuck about me, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody owes me anything. I don't think I don't think anybody gives a fuck. <laughs> I think I'm just fucking I'm just doing shit. And so I'm just not in the I'm gonna business. Mm -hmm. And honestly, 95% of people are. Yeah. That's 100% true. Um, this one that I wanted to hit, right? Oh, yeah, this is one. I saw you on a vlog. And there's just an amazing, like, time-saving uh, tactic that I noticed you using, which is that you would have something come up in conversation that you wanted to Google. Instead of Googling yourself, you would just sort of, like, suggest that somebody in the crowd Google <laughs> it for you. And I don't know if that person was necessarily, like, on your payroll or not, but they just started instinctively doing it. And since, I've kind of taken that into my uh, realm of tricks to use, and I've been doing it. Not Does that Chris people Long now do everything? Well, you know, I might, I might <laughs> holler something like that at Chris Long. Like, hey, uh, you know, hey Long. How old's Larry Bird? Report back. Thank you. <laughs> you know what's crazy about that actually is it's about to get real good for all of us with Alexa, Alexa, you know, Amazon mm. Alexa, and with Google Home. Like you're gonna have a nice little unit in here, and Alexa would answer that Larry Bird question. It's gonna take Long now another forty-seven. How much? Sixty. He looks great for <sighs> sixty, by the way. But he's ugly as shit. He's always been ugly. Always been ugly. Larry Bird is ridiculously ugly. That's why we loved him. Of course, because he. That and because he's a fucking gangster and all-time player, yeah. but ugly as shit. Oh, yeah. Socially that's why, awkward, That's why Boston lanky. used to be awesome. Mm. Their best players were ugly as shit. Now, fucking Tom Brady. Fucking pretty as shit. I feel like you guys are soft now. You speak this language I don't know called sports. I'm just yeah. totally, totally... I get it. I, just, I have no idea. I get it. It's like if you just started talking about like Russian operas, which you might also know about, as far as I know. About <laughs> I'd love to know. Um, all right, so... Yeah, so, dude, time is everything. Time is everything. We time is that. everything. Well, back to why I do that kind of stuff, like time arbitrage. Like, to me, I'm trying to get so much shit done in the 18 hours, 19 hours that I'm awake that, to me, every second matters, and if I can hack it, like, I'm going to do it, and so... Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of not fucking spending time on the shit that doesn't matter or the stuff I'm not good at. Mm -hmm. But I'll spend three hours reading every fucking comment because I'm good at fucking looking at it and synthesizing it and then understanding what the fuck is going on. Right. And so I think people think there's some smart way to do it. The smart way to do it, everybody, is to figure out what the fuck you're good at, quadruple down on that shit, and fucking punt everything else. Do you think you can learn a lot from the hate that you read online? Yeah. Tell me about that. I think you can learn from people's reactions on everything. Mm -hmm. I talk a whole lot to get reactions and figure shit out. And so, yeah, I think I can. Right. Like why and who and how and what do they look like and what else do they follow and what are they into and why didn't they like it? Oh, right, because I suffocated their bullshit and they like paying people that make them feel good that they're not doing shit instead of me giving it away for free and telling you, go fuck yourself, go do something. Nobody gives a fuck about your, you know, your shortcomings, right? Mm -hmm. So that's an insight. That's how I learned that. I didn't realize, I was trying to figure out, like, yo, why does 20% of people, the second I show up onto something new, hate me right away, and 60% love me, and 20 are trying to figure it out? I was like, oh, it's because I'm suffocating their bullshit. They think I'm cocky. They don't understand that it's not that that, it's that I'm trying to really focus them on the thing that's making them not do shit. Mm -hmm. And so that was an insight that I would have never gotten if I didn't read it and start looking at the people that were hating it. You know what's interesting that stands out in comparison to sort of the way, you know, your, your approach, your uh, motivational tactic is really just to say, work harder, do more, 
you know, grind harder, which is something I say all the time too. But now it seems like there's a sort of desire in society to say, no, there are systematic reasons and why I am not doing as well as I could be. And, and, and to some extent you have to sympathize because if somebody is coming from a completely meager background, it's much, much harder than somebody who's starting off at a higher level. Let's, let's, let's clarify that. I, I think that's fine. But I sit in meetings where people cry that they have $5 million trust funds and their parents mm. gave them anything and they've got no teeth. And everybody who's got nothing is like, fuck you. Mm. I get it. Listen, the great gift and the great curse in our lives are we start out with too much or we start out too little. Mm. And you decide, you decide through good parenting or bad parenting, good environment or bad environment, or you know how you meet 12 people but you pick one that you fuck with? Mm. It's who you surround yourself with. And that then decides, was that an advantage or a disadvantage? The people we give a shit about started with nothing. Not Look, always. Mm, Often. Mm. That's like, but do you feel like that's like a story that we romanticize the as biggest. a culture? We yeah. love that. The problem is with this fucking piece of shit now, mm -hmm. there's so much more opportunity. You think all these people who were just talking about had a shot pre-Instagram? Nobody was going to sign them and put them through the system. Like Now everybody can go direct to consumer with this. This is the, this is the one era to not complain about. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think that we might be sort of towards the end of capitalism or that there might be an end in sight in terms of our society functioning this way? I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, like on that one, like maybe. Okay, but we think about like the baby boomer age versus today. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot less opportunity in a, in a purely economic I, I, sense. I think that's the main narrative that's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. I, how many fucking 20... I wish I had the internet when I was fucking 15. Well, just there was a lot a lot more social mobility going on at the time. Is That's because that people are doing dumb shit and collecting debt and going to college and think they're going to put on. Because people are fucking playing the game as if it was 1989. Right. The kids that are figuring out that it's fucking 2017 and fucking hacking Snapchat and Instagram and YouTube are fucking winning. The ones that are listening to their fucking mom and going to fucking community college and taking on debt and think they're going to be a nice fucking lawyer are going to lose because to your point, that opportunity is ghost. Mm-hmm. Like you either understand that you could be a fucking esports fucking player or you're gonna listen to your fucking mom and go be a professor. But it seems kind of cutthroat because it's you know it's, it's hard to expect people to, to do such a thing that we can just like what do we become if we become a nation of uh, you know e gamers <laughs> as opposed to you know the people same, the same thing we were when we were a nation of fucking athletes or fucking doctors and lawyers the same fucking shit like let's be fucking a nation of esports players because if fuckers go and spend eighty bucks to watch it. And twenty bucks for the T-shirt, and like, and sponsor. And Mountain Dew wants to give them four million dollars for the naming rights. Like, that's just going to be the new game. Mm. Listen, this is the same shit over and over. Boxing, horse racing, and baseball were the biggest sports in the forties. Right. Like, shit always changes. Nobody went to Super Bowl one. But if you had told kids to go become professional baseball players, it probably would have seemed kind of strange in the forties, right? I mean, baseball players in the fucking 40s had side jobs right. in the summer. Yo, fucking Yogi Berra fucking had a, worked at a hardware store in Hoboken during the off-season because we weren't paying athletes for the entertainment value. And that's what just always happens, right? Like, it's the same old fucking game. Like, it, the internet is killing the middleman. Mm -hmm. Look what you're doing right now with a couple of nice little lights and some fucking sponges on that fucking, like, wall. Yeah. Like, you're basically replicating what used to cost tens of millions of dollars for in production and distribution just 30, 40 years ago. These kids have it way better. They can fucking sulk. Old people can be like, we were a better generation. No, you're fucking old. Yeah. Like, 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 it's the same shit. It's so weird to me to think that people actually, like, would go through their whole lives wanting to have a TV show. I have people offer me TV shows all the time, and I'm like, no, it sounds terrible. 
Of course, because you understand what's actually happening. Yeah. And it's not that it's terrible. It was better when you couldn't do this. When you couldn't do this, mm. it was fucking phenomenal. Well, imagine what this would look like, me wanting to have little conversations with underground rappers and stuff for the most part. If it I had, Imagine that being craft, co-opted into a format that was acceptable for MTV. Like, think about what it would have came out like. Well, you would have ended up with like MTV Raps, which is about mainstream rap. Number one, you know, there's just there's not a place to do niche content in this way. But that's why I think my stuff has become pretty large in comparison to the fact that we're discussing artists who are by trade not large. Yeah, but you know what? You guys have a pulse like other people do, and you know they're gonna be large three out of every six, mm. and the equity on the back end of this is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I didn't expect that, but there were artists that I interviewed when they had 15,000 followers, and now they have many, many millions, and then that became just the biggest thing in the world to me, or to, to other people in terms of how they view me and how they view this thing, is just being early on a handful of them, just sent it through the roof. Always the same shit, brother. Yeah, I didn't it's, know. You know, in the influencer space, like the fact that VaynerMedia's campaign discovered, you know, Logan Paul for the influencer space, that really matters. And so you did that. We did that. Okay. Jerome so Jar to make to make sure this interview's over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What do you think of him? I think he's fucking smart as shit. Oh, there's no disagreement about that. Yeah, they're the doing end. a great job. Yeah. The, like, listen. You know, it's the same shit. Like, mm. cool, people are mad at Logan and Jake Paul for doing it their way in the same way people are mad at you for having a tattoo on your face and doing it your way. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't judge. Mm. Like, what do I think of them? Smart. Yeah. What do I think of you? Smart. What That's... do I think of a bunch of other people that are winning? Smart. And they all have subcultures. And deep down, deep down, when those characters break bread, it's the same shit. We were Jimmy Iovine just now. Really? Right? Yeah, it was really cool. How's he doing? A little humble brag. Uh, he's doing amazing. What do you mean? What does he fucking do? He's fucking, he fucking won, and he's still alive. How's he doing? He won, and he's still alive. He is still alive. <laughs> you know, like, and he lived long enough to see a documentary that like romanticized uh, him, or to make way, a documentary. By the, by, the way, by the way, that is basically what I'm living for. Really? Yes. But you could probably have somebody make it for you right now, right? I know, but I still got a lot of fucking winning to do. That's how you feel? Yeah. So you, you haven't wrote a book yet? I've wrote five. Oh, whoops. No, I but don't really a, read a lot not, either. But not, but, not an, <laughs> but not an autobiography. Oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was I thinking. I thought that's yeah. where you went. Uh, yeah, man. I love that shit. I love the selfish, selfish, selfish and selfless shit. I love pulling from opposite directions. I love giving a fuck what some nerd in his fucking basement is saying about me anonymously on your fucking tweet. And I equally love that I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks, including my parents and my mom. That's fucking the best. Yeah, I kind of feel like I've gone in the full direction of like, oh, all these people are saying things about me. I'm just going to not read any of it. Yeah, I'm, Unless I, yeah, I go the I other do read way. Something. I'm I can't reading, lie. Of course, we all do. I'm reading fucking all of it. I'm fucking the greatest. I'm a piece of shit charlatan and everything in between. And I'm just fucking taking it in. And the best part is, I'm unbeatable. The fucking people that say I'm the greatest, I'm like, fuck you, I suck shit. The people that are like, you suck shit, I'm like, motherfucker, I'm the best of all time, I'm gonna fucking stick it in your mouth. Like, that's what you have to do. It's the fucking balance. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, because like when fans come up to you and they just are convinced you're the greatest person on earth, you gotta just be like, nah, I'm just a regular guy. 100%. <laughs> and if somebody's like a piece of shit, but if somebody says I'm a piece of shit, there's almost nothing on earth that can make me want to respond to them, because any kind of response is just like dignifying their opinions. Yeah, I like to reply to them and invite them to a beer. A beer? Yeah. You like beer? I do like beer. Yeah. I've actually gotten very weird with beer. I grew up so hardcore wine and didn't like beer, but for some reason I was at some dinner meeting and we had a craft beer and I was like, wait a minute, I like this, and then fucking sour beers, and all of a sudden in the last like eight months, I'm like, fuck, I like beer. Really? Mm -hmm. 
man, I hope that never happens to me. I'm totally not on the beer club, really. I, uh, I, I drank like 17 beers in the last 20 years, and then all of a sudden, like, just got caught. You're not on team weed, right? No, I've okay. never smoked anything in my entire life. Did you like the way it smelled when you walked in there? Oh, listen, fucking between Moose and L.A. and fucking my homies in college, they fucking smoke 17 blunts to the face every day of the life. The amount of contact I fucking caught in Madden 94 to 96, was like that was my, my whole life was sitting in Mount Ida College playing Madden, fucking catching contact to my fucking face. Really? Yeah. But don't you think you could get like almost as high from that as if you were actually smoking? I have no fucking idea. You never had like a wild freak out night or anything? No. Okay. You ever did acid or anything? No, I haven't done shit. Really? You yeah, don't read I about was, like Steve Jobs trying it and you're like, maybe that'll be I what I need. I don't fuck about Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Like, listen, he's fucking amazing, but like what Steve Jobs does has nothing to do with me. Mm. He's dead too. Yeah, he, he did. He died. All the way dead. But he fucking did it. <laughs> he did like, he it, fucking, yeah. Like he left real fucking legacy. You know, people say like, that there's, you know, well, not that people say, but there is like a test to see if you're a psychopath or not. And they said that like there's certain traits and that Steve Jobs was evaluated as being very high in certain traits, risk-takingness, lack of empathy for some people, which explains a lot of ways like the way he treated his employees yeah, and I stuff like that. That part I hate about Do him. you identify any of that in yourself that there are risk things? Risk for sure. Risk, right. Risk there you for, go. Like, you kind of need that. I, dude, I you need that to be a big entrepreneur, period, you know? Brother, like, I fucking grew up in a time where if you didn't get good grades, you were a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I loved that era. I love, you know why I love doing stuff like this? Because I know a lot of people don't know me that are watching this. That's my high. Mm. I love that. Because I know it's going to go in both directions. Same over here, too. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I see it. That's why I wanted to be here. Like, we have a lot of similarities, at least from what I can tell from afar. And that's why I'm saying branded things like bringing up weed <laughs> or eating ass and all this stuff. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm crazy. What up? I get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, really not, I'm not consciously doing that. It's just kind of how it no, works. No, but listen, I think the reason it works for you is you also, like, actually do a lot of that shit. Mm. Like, at the end of the day, there's the nuances of, like, whenever you're playing in a space where you are not actually doing that shit, you have no shot. And people are trying to force that every day. Right. It's like hip-hop when I was a kid. Like, rappers made up narratives that they came from the hood because that was the only way to be accepted. Not easy to pull that off these days. You get your card pulled. The best part is these kids have none of that pressure. Mm. Well... Right? Rich the Kid takes photos of him and his fucking family, and that house looks nice. Yeah, but I'm saying more in the sense that, like, if you're from L.A. and you're running around saying you're a gangster and you're not. Oh, but nobody, but here's the best part. That's right. why fucking hip-hop's amazing right now. Culture's amazing. They're not saying that. Mm. They're like, yo, I'm a super upper-middle-class kid from an Indian family, and my parents are, like, pharmacists. Like, Sometimes. I mean, there's a, there's a lot less fucking narrative making than there right. was 15 years ago. Well, it's just not required now. But Correct. It, but you know what? It's almost that like matters, that same old vibe of like, oh, look, I've got a gun. I'm, I'm wearing a do-rag. Look at me. I'm in this video. It's like that has almost become more competitive because there is so much more other stuff in terms of girls rapping, different you know, white people rapping, all kinds of nerdy rap going on. Listen, if you're 12 and you have a machine gun... Right? A lot of them doing these music videos. I'm aware. It's weird. If that's your real life, like that's your real life. I just think that it's fucking amazing that whether that's your life or you like had it good and had a vacation home, like there's permission to go anywhere. Mm. I, I think that people tripling down on their truths is the right strategy regardless. And so like I, I just think people need to talk about their real shit. You know what I always thought was a really uh, interesting exchange that you have when you're on the Joe Rogan show is that he was talking about... Uh, you know, you're talking about all these investments and everything, and he was just like, you know, I don't invest in things even if they're my friends doing it, and I believe it's going to be successful because I just don't want to add extra bullshit to my life. 
But I, I find it very interesting. I think those are two very polar personality types, too. One guy who's doing very well for himself, but he wants to simplify his life as much as possible. Yes. And then you, somebody who's so in love with the grind of it that there is seemingly like no level of complication that you could possibly reach that would be a threshold. You're like, no, I'm going to cram as much shit in here till the day I die. I think it comes down to intent. You know, it was interesting that you observed that. I was like listening right mm. now. I was like, yeah, why is that? Intent. Like, I never go into anything bad. Mm-hmm. So if it gets fucked up, it's easy to unwind. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. But in the sense that, you know, do you see his perspective in the sense of like, maybe if I simplify my life, then it'll be easier. Is there, is there, is there's no tendency for you to... That's not interesting for me, really? man. Like, that's, that, like, that's just not interesting for me. Interesting. Yeah, like, I just want fucking chaos. Like, I sleep... Do you, listen to this. This is how I sleep at night. I'm going to give it to you right now. Little, uh, you don't put it on Do Not Disturb? Relax Melodies. Oh. I like that it's called Relax Melodies. You listen, Ready? You... Ready? Full blast. This is literally what I sleep to. That helps you sleep? Out like a fucking light. Really? Out like a fucking light. I'm only comfortable in chaos. These youngsters here around me on my team, I walk by the office, and I'm like, put on some fucking music. Like, do something. Like, like quiet. Still blasting it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This new <laughs> Ooh, that's iPhone X, too. I have no idea how to turn these fucking things off. Can we throw that out the ground uh, and see if it breaks? I almost did that. That's actually, a real yes. YouTube video. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I need fucking chaos. Yeah. Like, I know what my comfort, comfort zone is, and I'm comfortable with that. But I also really understand why people need to go their way. And that's the, that's the fucking thing, man. Like, don't do it the way I'm doing it, but just do it your way. And don't fucking judge other people's way. Interesting. See, I feel like I'm kind of at a strange crossroads in my life where I feel like my life. Because you know you're about to explode. I, I'm you, ki- kind long, of, but it kind long, of. Long, eh. long. Thank you. Like <laughs> he, like I, he. Listen, I, the man's about to explode. Some are going to be upset about it. Others are going to be pumped because you've been there from the get. You're about to explode. The singular reason I'm here mm-hmm. is because you know I'm, because I'm <laughs> collecting people that understand what the fuck is going on, and the list is short. Mm. You understand I what's agree happening. With that. That's it. Like, I don't know what to say. That's the fucking punchline. See ya. Good night. Like, that's the fucking thing. So, yeah, you're at an interesting crossroads because you're about fucking 15 seconds away from shit getting really ridiculous and you're going to be fucking crippled by options and you, Mr. Long over here, are going to have to make some decisions and the fucking variables are going to fucking go in a hundred different directions mm. and you got some fucking decisions to make. Yeah, because I've been thinking about stuff like, oh, like getting more sleep and like maybe I should start meditating. Maybe I should go to yoga class. Maybe I should find ways to better deal with can all I, the insanity that's I, coming my way. Can I give way. you one... Yeah. One thing to debate. Well, you're the guy who's been doing this for a lot longer than me, yeah. Do the shit that got you here. Uh-huh. This is when all the new characters come into your life uh-huh. and start telling you how to do it different. I'm getting more ridiculous in my truth right. than ever, the bigger it's getting. Mm-hmm. Like, if all these people know, I love when people got voices like that are not living it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to give you the fucking commodity advice. You know, like, you've gotta start doing yoga. You gotta start eating fucking granola. Like, do, do the shit that got you here. Well, the stuff that got me here, roughly speaking, would be like fast food, uh, hard drugs, uh, <laughs> promiscuous sex at an alarming rate. Wrong. Okay, not those things? No, no, those things are great. <laughs> fucking great. No, wrong. The things that got you here is you were willing to do that in the face of people telling you not to do that. And so maybe you don't need to eat a fat burger anymore and fucking do whatever the fuck you want, but you need to triple down on your intuition and do, that's how you fucking got here. Mm. Did everybody think it was a great idea to be a fucking BMX fucking website dude? 
No. Good. That seemed like a very strange idea right. to many people at the time. Right. Yeah. So, like, listen, my man, honestly, this is the time you have to quadruple down on what fucking got you here. The thesis, not the direct actions. But you don't see people run themselves into the ground. You've never been concerned about that, at people, least for yourself. Pe people run themselves into the ground when they start wavering from what they are, and they start doing behaviors that don't come natural to them, mm -hmm. and then they break. And the ones that do, don't. Henry Rollins figured that out. Mm. He would have fucking run himself in the ground if he wanted to be Mick Jagger. Right. And Mick Jagger would have run himself in the ground if he wanted to be somebody else, a politician. When you do the shit that you don't want to do because you think it's the right thing to do because you fucking graduated to the next spot, you fucking lose. So you don't think that there's, there's an importance in balance there? Or how do, you, who, how do you find balance? That's it, man. You just beat me to it. It's fucking, what fucking balance? Show me the fuck, go to fucking balance.com. Like, what But balance? you have to do things in your life besides just work, right? Of course I do. I, I took almost all of August off. I took more days off this last August to spend time with my family than I did in the first 15 years of my career but combined. How, how do you rationalize that at this point, whereas you wouldn't or couldn't earlier in your career? I just wanted to spend time with my fucking kids and wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but wouldn't the old Gary have said like you were leaving room I open for people? I don't give a fuck about that dude. That dude's dead. Mm -hmm. Twenty-four-year-old Gary is fucking dead. Like I'm not playing to some romance of some kid that I used to be. Mm -hmm. I don't even give a fuck about my own opinion. You know what I mean? I'm doing the shit that feels natural to me right now, right this second, and I'm just not willing to let the political correctness of the moment. Enter that lexicon. Do you still feel like you're listening to a voice that's telling you what to do, like regardless of if it's 100%. being creatively or 100%. doing more stuff with the family? 100%. Have you ever gotten to the point where you were working so hard that let, you couldn't, that you, you were, doing, me, they were me, failing at the family thing? Okay. Uh, by the way, shh, no, because I'm over-communicating. The fucking, yeah. the constant that wins is over-communication. Like the way I talk to my team, the way I talk to my wife, my, whoever, it's over-communicating but realizing, I realize I'll break. Listen, one thing I can also make a good guess as we're starting to get to know each other, you're going to break if you're playing by somebody else's framework. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do that. I can't, I can't do anything that anybody else no tells shit. me to do. <laughs> so, so what? Yeah. Like, like you're going you're gonna to kill the people around you closest. When people that are closest to me try to put me in a position to do something I don't want to do, I know how it ends up, which is in the end game, it's going to be like regret and everybody's going to be mad at each other and I'm going to be resentful. And so I, I don't do that to them, mm -hmm. let alone myself. Interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look at the question list again. We're, we're, we're getting so deep here, man. Um, Dude, it's an interesting time, man, because like... It's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting for you, man. Why do you say that? It's just a fucking obvious. Mm. Why do I say that? You're building a fucking library of culture that's gonna be recounted in 18 months when you've been historically correct, <laughs> and it's gonna be awareness at fucking scale. That's why. Well, that's kind of how I feel right about long? like where I am right now. <laughs> that's the whole thing, though. Is like, okay, yeah, I can. Okay, you do deals. By the way, I love Long. Like, <laughs> I love having, <laughs> He's I, a Chris I, Longer. I, I, I fucking, I'm a, can somebody make me? Yeah, because you yeah, guys both like can, sports. Honestly, can somebody get me a fucking t team? Can, can we make a? I'm gonna wear a T-shirt in like a video in like three months that just says "I love Chris Long" and, yes. make, and make Long fucking big. But isn't Chris Long a football player or some shit as well? He is a football player. And he's it's a, a different Patriot, one. Patriot, yeah. which pisses me off. Okay. All right, go ahead. What were you about to say? Something good. I felt you were about to say something really good. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay. This might be the greatest question okay. of all time on this show. Let's say this. You do you do business? Yes. That's you do deals. You do meetings. You yes. meet with people. This yes. is this is what you thrive on. Yes. I feel like if I were to spend all of my time doing interviews and creating yes. content yes. that 
A, I would be producing such an absurd amount of content yes. that no rational human being will, will consume all of it. Wrong. And, Next. <laughs> and B, B, that it just probably wouldn't be the ideal way to run a media company. You know, you want to have some element of scarcity. You don't want to be putting Wrong. out an outrageous Wrong amount again. of content every Wrong day. You don't twice, agree with bro. that. That's right. So what do you say about like a rapper like Lil Pump, who's like the biggest rapper in the world? He's put out like 10 songs. Listen, quality comes in many different shapes and sizes, right? Like, you know, I don't think the scarcity is necessarily the reason. I do think there is a little something to that. So when Facebook and Twitter were open, Snapchat's restrictions create an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's why he's winning. I think that the quality of that stuff, there's plenty of fucking people that put out 10 songs, bro. Okay, but what's the difference between Supreme and every other clothing brand and agenda? Supreme, you've never been able to get the shirt that you wanted. If you did, it was incredibly expensive. People wait in line for it they're creating something with mine a big part of the appeal of no jumper is that the average underground rapper can't get a no jumper and that they only get summoned up at a certain point and this creates this whole dynamic where everybody wants one and nobody can get one if if people are watching that are smart have been paying attention about four minutes ago rewind it pulling from the opposite direction the winning is in the extremes I think everything you've just said exactly right. If that's your authenticity, if that's your thing, restrictions for Supreme Pump, you, if, that, if that's your thing, if that's your thing, go all in and that's your thing. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, Supreme's nice, but Adidas is better. Mm. For me. Like, cool. Well, market size wise, yes. Guess what? They both have swag coming out of their dick. One's bigger. Mm-hmm. That's the one I want. But that doesn't mean I'm right. A lot of people want, want it the other way. I want all of it. And by the way, I'm not doing interviews all the time. I just figured out how to fucking film myself at all times when I'm doing shit. And so I figured out how to produce a ton of fucking content at scale while not disrupting the fact that I'm running a huge fucking company. Do you have a producer who's helping to come up with the ideas for your YouTube videos or is it just kind of all spur of the moment? Babin fucking just films it. He posts. He edits it as well. That's right. Babin, how much say do I have on this episode that we do today? Zero. Goose, oh, see, goose that's nice. fucking egg. Get yourself a vlogger. Bottom line is, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm living what it is. He'll fucking edit it. I have nothing to hide. Move on. It's beautiful. You still don't roll around with security ever? I, there's been enough stuff lately that I've started to consider it. Really? Yeah. I'm not as tough as you. Well, I'm not that tough either. We got a whole lot of guns around here. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> We ain't boxing. It's no, 2017. I, mean, I think, I think, I, think uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I, uh, a little bit, like not really, but here and there, I've started considering it. Whereas a year ago, nothing. Really? Now it's just like, shit can get crazy. At time. In the right spot, in the right moment, you can get, you know, it's not about like fighting. It's about 48 people smothering you and you fucking ch- get choked the fuck out. If you had to guess what percentage of your time you put into like social media as opposed to like business yes what would you say because it's a very three, different three, thing three right percent of my three time. three really mm-hmm. even with answering all these dms and stuff yeah really yeah because an hour of that versus you know an 18 hour day or 40 minutes of that and plus i'm pretty smart with it for example i fly a lot mm. right so when i'm in the air i get the disproportionate amount of my shit done mm. dming like you know I'm, go- I'm going to australia in a few minutes right really this fucking 18 hour flight that's when I will get my work done and caught up on a lot of that community stuff. Or, like, people aren't using every second. If I'm going to take a shit in the middle of the day, like, you know, I'm not really, like, when you're taking a poop, you're not in the hardcore running a big company mode. You're in the fucking, let me reply to three tweets. Mm. Yeah, usually I was, I'm more looking <laughs> at the Twitter timeline, trying to figure out if there's any important news, but that's just strictly when there's shit exiting my butthole. You're, you're a consumer mm. when am. there's shit coming out of your butthole. Yeah. 
Um, we're going into <laughs> Listen, I mean, like, you know, that, like, I don't like consuming content that much. I like consuming feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been very fascinated by your relationship with your audience. Really? Because mm-hmm. it's real. Yeah. It's fucking real. People say that to me all the time. They say, like, whenever I'm talking about business stuff, they're like, you realize that you already did the hard part because you have a passionate audience that wants to engage with your content. And that's what all these, you know, sometimes I realize that there are YouTube channels that sort of do similar stuff to what I do, but they have gigantic investors that are, like, paying for interviews and stuff. And I'm like, wow, I did that with nothing. You did it for a different reason. You weren't willing to waver. Mm. And it wasn't manifested. And it was just easy. It's just so obvious. I don't know. I look at a ton of shit. Like, your shit just fucking, just real. Well, I appreciate that. I look at you just like, you know, what am I going to be like when I'm 10 years older? Like, yep. h- how do I eventually grow and change? Because when I was a 23-year-old, it was super cool. I was a young BMX dude. I'm making videos. I'm running this website. Now I'm 33. It's like I feel I need to be doing something different with myself. But now it's like, what what is 43 going to be like? How are my incentives going to change over time? And I'm always kind of trying to figure that out in advance. Like, there, there's a new, like, no jumper, the media channel is, like, kind of going under this big transformation or making a lot shorter form content that's more introductory for really underground artists. And that stuff's doing super well for us. And when I was asking you before, like, oh, do you feel like listening to the hate can guide you in the right direction? I think it's because I've, like, synthesized enough of the negative comments about my content to realize that I needed to do something that was a little bit more approachable as well as these long form pieces. That was my favorite part of the interview. That right there? Yep. I appreciate that. Because what you did was you consumed it. You know, listen, now I'm going to get real businessy, so get sad. I don't like that. You're fucking consumer centric. Mm -hmm. You have humility. You know they're right, not you. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a piece of shit. I think my parents did a good job. I think being an immigrant did me a good job. And I think they're in charge and I will react to that. Mm-hmm. Everything you just described in that little rant quadruples down my belief you will win. I appreciate that. And you probably learned that a little bit in the, in the website BMX days by like however you guys hacked. I don't know all the details. Mm. But like that's why, that's why you're going to win. Because you didn't get that feedback and say, fuck you, I know better. I got here, fuck you, kid in the basement. You're mm. like, that's why they're saying it. And that's why I'm going to adjust. You said fuck you to the things that you thought sucked. But you still have enough humility to be like, there's something there. And that's why I read this shit that says, this guy's a snake oil salesman, fuck him, this and that. Because I know how it's going to end up. Which is, I'm going to fucking tweet them in 13 years and be like, yo, remember when you said this? Fuck you. Mm -hmm. You're going to hold them to, you should get like an intern that could hold all these people accountable in the future. personally do it. A big list. I'm going to personally do it. Yeah. When I win a Super Bowl and I hold up the Lombardi trophy and say, I fucking did it, the next morning I'm just going to go on social and go back to 2017 and be like, yo, now what, dick? I'm excited about that. So how are we going to work together in the future? What do you think? Am I'm hoping that you're going to text me. I can be your intern? I doubt that. No, I'm going to text you and ask you for like P. Diddy's number. Yeah, I don't have it. (laughs) He's too good for that. No rappers? No, no, rappers. You got rappers in there? I got rappers in here. Who might we both have the same phone number as? Let's take a first stab. I don't know, though. You probably know mostly legacy artists. I got all the kids. No, I got... Let's see. Let's see. I'm typing in rapper. What about him? Metro Boomin wants some more. I fucking love this dude. I, see, I never met him. This guy's super... Intri- I haven't met him either. I'm a huge fan of him. But I'm super intrigued by him. You gotta listen to the new mixtape that he executive produced with uh, 21 Savage and Offset. I listened to it fucking the day it fucking night it dropped. Really? Of course. Like, listen, I, I think that... Um, <laughs> I was looking at it. Find a way here. But no. Trippy. What? 
Like, there, like, I think that there's um, plenty, but I think what's most, in, by the way, I was listening to Lauren Hill this morning. Mm. Like, I just did the Wyclef interview, so I was doing a fair amount of that at one point recently. She's yeah. so fucking all time. Yeah, yeah Cardi, Cardi B, first uh, female since her to have like a number one hit, like without a feature or whatever. Lauren's fucking. That was like 20 years. All time talent. Yeah. All time talent. Yeah, man. I'm hoping you'll text me and be like, yo, this is coming up. Like, I love She's the leverage. She's from Jersey, too. I know. Maple, <laughs> That's Maple why you're saying that. Oh, no, listen, I, listen. Jersey is in my heart. She's from Maplewood. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. I hope you text me and be like, yo, what do, what do you know about this? Like, to me, the leverage of giving back is everything. Mm. And then ha- not having the gear to expect anything in return is why I'm going to fucking win the whole fucking thing. Right. Like, do you have that? What? The, the... When you do something, how do the chemicals go in your body? Do you, do you feel like a sense that you expect something in return? I mean, in the rare I mean instance I mean in which I like do something completely out of the goodness <laughs> of my heart for someone then I typically feel kind of good about it. I mean, I like this podcast because it incentivizes me to do nice things for people in a way that also benefits me with the content. That's why I care about it. I just want to have these conversations anyway and then put them out there so other people can enjoy them. That to me is the best thing I can do because it affects the people viewing it positively it affects the person doing it. And I don't do negative gotcha interviews either. I'm not going to have somebody in here and be like, hey, you did this I in see. 1986. I hate that shit. So shout out to Charlemagne. He's the king of that. I don't really like doing that. You go that. the other way. I like to applaud people's good deeds and not talk about their bullshit. You know? I see it. And a lot of times in these rapper interviews, it's like, oh, somebody destroyed you in a beef 10 years ago. Let's talk <laughs> about That's the only interesting thing about you. I'm like, you know, I was writing an interview for Lil Flip. I'm like, I'm not going to call him out for the, the fact that T.I. bodied him. He doesn't want to talk about that. I think the interesting thing is you've also got a big advantage. You know, Charlemagne and others are meeting people when they're already put on. Mm, You're true. meeting kids early. Mm-hmm. And so or, it's like comic books. You're in the origin story. You're mm. like, I was, you know, my parents got shot. Now I'm Batman. Like, like you're in the fucking really ripe. When I was a kid, I would buy the source, read unsigned hype, mm. and then give the source to a kid in my high school. I only cared about that thing. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, you've been able to get even underneath the like the um, like the dot like the XXL. Like you're underneath it, mm-hmm. but you the guys, real under. But it's true. You're underneath it, and you've got real taste. You, I don't know who. I but really don't know. But definitely you, not Chris Long. Exclude him from this narrative. Long, but I do. Long. I do want to say. <laughs> I want to say this though, guys. I want Chris Long to become a huge meme. Like I want. Chris I've been Long working to win. on that. Yes. I want Long to like dominate Earth. You know, you could probably pay him a lot better than I do. So you might want to. No, I want you. You guys are real homies. You guys have a real fucking love fest. Fest. You guys fucking love each other. Love fest. You would. Would you? Ready for this? Here's a quick question. Would you cut off these two fingers if somebody's like, you just have to do it for long? No, but I would expect him to do the same for me. (laughs) (laughs) He knows I need these. (laughs) Also, if some motherfucker shows up trying to take a finger. I saw Chris Long punch a homeless person in the face earlier today. Is that true? Yes. (laughs) Well, they attacked him. They threw a bottle at his head. That's real. There's a real thing that happened today. Did you guys capture that in film? Uh, Parts of it. See, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you guys, you gotta have fucking Babbin. But I can't put it that out. That shit would have went viral. Yeah, as but fuck. then I w- we would have taken that footage and been Babbin. Don't see, snitch did, on us. Wait a minute, did you see the fucking football guard hit that girl at the Miami game? Holy oh, shit! Oh yes, she scratches him yes. and he boom. Oh my god, that was so bad. Crazy. I was so torn because I'm like, she did hit him, but he just hit her so much harder, so and he's like, harder. he's like three of her. Brutal. It's cool, right? Well, hey, respect women, everybody. <laughs> um, that was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Anyway, so... What else? I'm really... 
glad that we were able to have this conversation. And, and I do think that in some way, somehow, our, our paths are going to... Just, don't you think it just makes sense that we're probably going to end up doing business together over the years? My intuition, mm. and I mean this, is that one of us is going to go to the other person's funeral. Oh, okay. And I will f- promise you, I will film it with Babin. You're like 20 years older than me, so to be honest, from a probability standpoint, I hope it's me going to yours. I think I'm only eight, seven years older than you. How old are you? I'm 41. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, well, I take it back. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. I really thought you were 50. I don't know why. Because do you think I look 50? No, but I think a Joe Rogan's 50 and that I like somehow like embedded 50 together. in you. Is Rogan 50? Yeah. He looks great. He just hit it. Yeah, well, jiu-jitsu and all that. Yeah, he's a fucking beast. He's Testosterone. You know, do you, do, you, do you think he does this craft just amazingly well? Yes. Yeah, he really does. He does, but as I've listened to him over the years more and more, there, there's just certain like ticks about him that start to stand out more and more. There are things that I want to like, like I don't Not think do. I don't think he needs. I think he needs to talk about transgender people about like fifty percent less. <laughs> it's just like why are you talking about this all but the time? Are you obsessed? You know what it is. You, get, you, you know this. You get caught up in these cadences. Yeah. I have words, including cadence. And it's an overall political like, thing. Uncanny. You know, I get, we get, we all get in that shit. I just think that he's he's succumbed to like let's talk about social justice warriors all the time, and that's sort of like one thing. That I, I want to talk. I'll go on his show and be like, you need to talk about that less. I think I think you on his show would be. See, I don't know. That would be a big time show. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to summon me to the to he the will. valley. He will. Yeah, in, in time, and that's why and you know it's just a matter of time. Well, one time I emailed the dude Jamie who produces this no, stuff. No, don't so email one time. ever again. Oh, really? It's that. No, that is, I agree. Yeah. Don't ever, do, my man. You do nothing ever again. Mm. It's all gonna come to you. You oh, have good, the leverage. Yeah. One time I saw him in a bar too, but I saw about eight thousand other people taking selfies with him. So I was like, "Well, this is definitely not the time." <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to be eight thousand. Well, more. I'm like, I'm gonna get sucked into this web. I'm gonna be like, just like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know. What else is interesting to you right now? What what's, is hap- interesting? what's interesting to you that is? So this is what's interesting to me. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a businessman, but this space, esports, other things are really interesting to me. Mm. What outside, like for them, what outside your space has caught your attention but trades on the similarity of like the pulse? Anything? Like a food trend, like mm. a fashion, like, is there anything else happening that has the thing that we share, which is like understanding kind of like the pulse? Is there anything happening outside of the realm that they know that's got your attention? That's really interesting because I feel like my realm in its entirety is like everything that's happening online. You know, I could, I could just as comfortably interview somebody who's like a YouTuber or somebody who's doing some political pundit stuff, some author, whatever. Like I could fit them into the context of this podcast. So like this podcast to me is just embodies like the entirety of the culture. And so it's hard for me to think anything I'm that interested. I mean, I read the news a lot and stuff, but I think the reason why I like reading about, you know, Israel is because I don't have any practical reason that I should be talking about it and I don't have a hard stance on it. It's the same reason why I'm sitting there watching the fucking Vietnam Vietnam War documentary is because I want to watch something that makes me feel very small in comparison and that is infinitely complex and that it has completely meaningless to me. Love it. It makes me feel better about my own existence that maybe it's, I, I can see it in perspective versus like a 20 year war is much more important, consequential. Humility is your secret sauce, man. It's, mm. it's good. I get it. Appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on. It's amazing meeting you, Gary. Thank you guys. If you were to tell people to check you out on one platform in particular, what would it be? Probably Instagram, Gary B-E-E. Beautiful. It's on Love the screen. It. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. No jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Gary motherfucking V. Checked off the list. We out.
Beautiful. Hey podcast, it's Gary V. Super excited about another audio experience. This is a little bit more about music. Uh, go right now to Spotify. By the way, we need to put it on Apple Music too. Okay, good. Uh, please go to Spotify, maybe even Apple Music right now if my team can move fast before we post this on the podcast. Go to Spotify and search Monday to Monday. Monday to Monday. A song uh, was inspired by a meeting I had with Saba, uh, the incredible ar- artist Saba Pivot, uh, uh, called Monday to Monday. But that's not what you're looking for, though you should listen to that song. You should scroll all the way down in the search in Spotify to playlists. And the first thing that will show up is my uh, Gary V public profile playlist called Monday to Monday. Every Monday I update it with some of the old school classics like Lionel Richie and Diana Ross and Millie Vanilli and Bone Thugs and Harmony. But for a lot more of you, the far majority, 85-90% of it is new stuff that I'm listening to. A lot of you ask because of Daily V and just in general when I share on uh, social just my my thugged out music, (laughs) my hip hop culture. Anyway, nonetheless, uh, check it out. Go to Spotify right now. Search Monday to Monday. I'm gonna give you a second right now because I know you're running. You can actually probably minimize the podcast right now. Open Spotify, search Monday to Monday, T-O Monday. Scroll all the way to the bottom, playlists. Follow that playlist and get straight fire every Monday morning.